you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG, Marcus Grant. Still fully vaccinated, still dodging variants like Neo in the Matrix. As always, we've got producer Hytham and producer Justin alongside. We've got the specialists. It's a cast of dozens uh, that help us put this thing together. And joining me uh, to my left, I guess, if we're on screen. Uh, anyway, he's in the box next to me uh, in your picture if you were watching the streaming show. He's just another voice in the ether if you're listening to the podcast. Podcast. It is not Michael F. Florio who decided that he wanted to, I don't know, do things like spend time with family and stuff. Uh, so sitting in, coming out of the bullpen, always doing an excellent job. It is uh, our fantasy researcher extraordinaire. You know him as our Ask a Nerd from last season. It is the one and only Matt Okada. Matt, appreciate you jumping in. How are things on this Monday? Uh, things are good. We got to watch the Brady Belichick showdown last night. It was 
I mean, I don't know if it's what people wanted out of it, but I thought it was a nice little chess match. So I enjoyed that, and we're almost on to week five. One more game. I think I think people wanted it to be... They wanted more fireworks, I think, is sort of yes. what, what they wanted. And and it wasn't that. Um, at times, it was sloppy. Uh, we saw we saw both quarterbacks, I think, miss some throws at times. We saw turnovers. Uh, the rain, as much as they say they, you know, that it didn't contribute, I think the rain sort of contributed to some of the sloppiness a little bit. Um, but we got drama at the end. I mean, you know, we, we had mm-hmm. uh, the Bucks come down, score late. We had Mac Jones trying to bring the Patriots back only to have Nick Folk, who, by the way, Nick Folk is still in the league, which I, look as as Quiet. as someone who's approaching the official title of old, uh, seeing Nick Folk <laughs> still around warms my heart. Um, but he ends up doinking one. So I would say though, as a as someone you are a, a Patriots fan, were you conflicted about watching Brady against the Pats? How did you feel watching that? No, it, I think if this was his first year away, it would have been more conflicting. But having watched him play a whole year in Tampa, win a Super Bowl, I don't think the conflicting feeling was there. What what I did come away with was in the whole argument of is Brady or Belichick more important to the Patriots dynasty? The answer is neither. It was Vinatieri and Goskowski <laughs> being the best kickers in the league for the entirety of the dynasty and always making the, the kick at the end of the game, which Folk could not do. I mean, you know, for all the talk of the uh, of the tuck rule game, if Adam Vinatieri doesn't make a field goal. None of it matters. No. So, so there you go. Uh, by the way, if you uh, want to follow Matt Okada, which you should, you can go check him out on Twitter at Matt Okada. He's always he's also writing uh, over at BallBlast.com. Kate and Michelle and the whole crew over there do an excellent job. So check them out. And uh, if you want to ask him questions directly, you can do that on our Sunday show, NFL Fantasy Game Day. He is usually in the YouTube channel at answering questions that you guys have right up until kickoff. So there's plenty of ways for you to uh, get into Matt Okada's brain and tap some of his fantasy knowledge um got plenty coming up on the show today we will debate sam darnold versus daniel jones two guys who have really stepped up this season both on the field and in fantasy we'll ask if it's time to sell high on jonathan taylor and of course we'll break down the monday night football game between the raiders and the chargers that one should be a a really good one in the nfc west but first let's start the show off with a few fantasy headlines we will start with David Montgomery, who was having a huge game for the Bears against the Detroit Lions on Sunday, but ended up leaving the game in the fourth quarter with a knee injury. Now, the early reports via Ian Rappaport and others uh, that it is a hyperextension and not a serious injury. He will have an MRI later on Monday, although the preliminary talk is that he could miss at least a couple of weeks. So, uh, believing that he's going to be on the shelf for at least some period of time, Matt, how do we feel about Damian Williams as a fill-in? We feel ish okay, uh, <laughs> iffy at, at, at best. Here's the thing. like Damian Williams has had some tiny stretches of fantasy production, usually in the fantasy or real NFL playoffs, uh, because he was mostly a backup. But And he's looked good in those times. But those were also with the Chiefs on the best offense in the NFL. The Bears are not that, despite looking better, obviously, this week than they did the previous week. I don't know if he can do what David Montgomery was doing, which was just looking incredible regardless of how the offense looked and putting up fantasy points. I think he'll be okay, but I'm not going to be locking him in as as an RB2. I I think that's fair. I, I keep going back to the fact that for David Montgomery, this is what, year three, 
in the NFL. And I feel like we talked about him in the offseason as though he was some, you know, seven or eight year vet who had just been a journeyman. This was a guy that was still sort of figuring the game out. And I think it clicked for him midway through last season. And I don't think that whoever steps up next in his absence is going to be able to kind of fill that void accurately. Williams is doing a nice job filling in in that Tariq Cohen role, catching passes, being a change of pace back. I don't know that you can expect much more for, from him than that. I would say if you've got David Montgomery, it probably behooves you to go out to the waiver wire and pick up Damian Williams just in the event that Montgomery's gone for an extended period of time. But expecting anything close to that same level of production is probably asking a little bit too much. Um, in San Francisco or Santa Clara, whatever you want to call it, um, Jimmy Garoppolo ended up leaving the game against the Seahawks with a calf injury. Now, the reports are he actually suffered the injury sort of early in the game and tried to gut it out. But early in the second half, Kyle Shanahan made the move to Trey Lance. And as somebody who grew up as a 49ers fan and has plenty of friends who still are, I just know my text chain was alight with excitement uh, on Sunday, especially when Trey Lance uh, hit that shot to Debo Samuel, which I surmise that even Jimmy Garoppolo could have done for the folks who don't particularly care for Jimmy G. I think that uh, he probably still could have hit a wide-open Debo. But it looks like Garoppolo is going to be out for some time. So this is the Trey Lance moment we've been waiting for, Matt. Do you feel confident maybe plugging him in? I won't say in a, a one quarterback lineup, but a super flex or a two QB lineup. Well, let me give you this answer and see if it works for this question, Marcus. I'm okay plugging him in a one QB lineup. Okay. Simply put, he is a rushing quarterback. And when I say he's a rushing quarterback, I say he could easily be one of the top five best in the league the second he steps on the field as a starter. And maybe he is already. He had 40 yards in basically half this last week. He is going to be incredible as a rusher. And whatever he does in the passing game with the weapons that they have in San Fran, which are very, very productive, is just icing on the cake. He is going to have a high floor as a rusher. He does have a lot of ability as a quarterback in general. That's why he was drafted where he was. So he can do everything you want to score fantasy points in general. But the rushing floor and the ceiling that that he'll bring doing that, I'm, I'm plugging him in anywhere, anywhere and everywhere. Definitely in two QBs. All right, yeah, I've, I've got him in a couple of spots, and I, I know I'm going to kind of pour over lineups this week and try to figure it out. Seven carries for 41 yards yesterday, had 157 yards passing with a pair of touchdowns. Uh, that was on 9 of 18, and that was basically in a half uh, of football. Next week, uh, they travel out to the desert to take on the Arizona Cardinals, who right now might be the best team in football. They're certainly in the conversation uh, with the way they have played the first month of the season. So we're going to get a real good look, though, at Trey Lance and like I said this is the moment we've all been waiting for we were waiting for when Trey Lance takes over we were waiting for when Justin Fields takes over uh, and so it appears that all the rookie quarterbacks of note have now ascended to starting positions uh, Kellen Mond we're waiting on you not really <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway um other quarterback news, Teddy Bridgewater left the game on Sunday. He is in concussion protocol, so we will wait further word on him. Uh, if he can't go, obviously that means Drew Locke steps in. I can't imagine there are a lot of people that are itching to start Drew Locke in their fantasy lineups. But for you, Matt, what does this mean for his pass catchers, the Cortland Suttons, the Noah Fants, etc.? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's certainly not positive. And I would probably say it's a little bit below neutral. Uh, he's not great. <laughs> he has 
He has been spotty in the past, both for himself and for producing uh, fantasy goodness for these guys. So I would certainly prefer if it was Teddy. It does, does that mean I'm going to sit these guys, at least the ones I was starting, which is basically just Sutton and Fant? No, but I might lower my expectations just a little bit. And I'm still going to be plugging Jerry Judy in as soon as he comes back, regardless of who the quarterback is. Definitely waiting on Judy to come back. They do have the Steelers next week. In fact, two of their next three games uh, are against the Steelers and the Browns, both on the road. So that's something to kind of keep in mind. Now, hopefully for Teddy, uh, it's not a serious situation. I know he's in the protocol. We'll see how long it takes for him to return. But, you know, it's always it's always nice to kind of look ahead and see what's coming down the road uh, when you're sort of making some of these, these long-term decisions for your fantasy roster. Uh, all right, that gets us to things I learned as we look back on what happened over the weekend and uh, some of the performances that we saw, things that we kind of took away and how we maybe apply them going forward. So, uh, Mr. Okada, what is something that you learned just by watching football yesterday? Yeah, I mean, very simply, DJ Moore is a bona fide elite wide receiver one. We're talking top five at this point. I mean, 32 fantasy points after somewhere between 15 and 22 in each of the first three games that you love to see 11 plus targets in three straight eight catches in all three of those games and averaging 100 yards a game you love to see all that he's actually managed to get in the end zone this year three times already his career high in the season is four (laughs) so he's almost topped that and simply put Sam Darnold looks competent and Robbie Anderson does not and those two things put together along with DJ Moore's talent means that he is unbelievably valuable for fantasy. So at this point, even with a potential for like a slight regression in targets when CMC comes back, more needs to be considered at or near the top tier of wide receivers, pretty much alongside the Diggses and the Cups and the Hopkins and the Jeffersons. He is incredible. My hesitation on DJ Moore had been because of the Robbie Anderson thing, figuring that that he and Darnold were going to have a connection, having played together with the Jets, uh, and I wondered how that was going to impact it. This, I had no expectation that this was going to happen. Uh, you mentioned Robbie Anderson not looking good. Are we okay dropping him at this point? I think probably just not not just because of how he looks, but just based on the target count. Like last year, he was targeted at an incredibly high rate. Right now, he's just not being. And that's just what Sam Darnold wants to do. He likes DJ Moore. So maybe I hold on one more week just in case, but pretty much he's droppable. Yeah, just didn't, didn't see that coming at all. It has not worked out. He's not had, he had 57 yards in the season opener. That has been his high watermark so far this year. Uh, what I learned is that at this point, Cordero Patterson, until otherwise decided, is a start every week for you now. And, and that's a weird thing to say about a guy who has been in the league as long as he has and is now only now experiencing his breakout. And for a guy that really is only playing about a third of the snaps, you would think that with what he did on Sunday, having the three touchdowns and what he's done all year long, that he would be dominating the snap share in the backfield. And that's not the case. It is still Mike Davis as the lead running back in Atlanta. But they have found so many different ways to use Cordero Patterson that it's hard to keep him out of your lineup now. And I I have lineups where I went on Sunday and I was like, well, I think he'll be fine. I'm not going to play him. I 
probably have rued that decision if I go back and look again. Um, <laughs> right now, he's just doing so many different things. And and Matt, I, I was saying before we started, it's, it's confusing because he's listed as a running back. He's wearing number 84. He does a little bit of everything. Um, but for an offense in Atlanta that really has been kind of lackluster, they really have figured out how to unlock Cordero Patterson, which, which I never thought we'd be talking about. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing with, with CPAT. I think a lot of people are unwilling to admit that he is just going to be this good in this offense for the rest of this year because, like you said, he's like an 18th year breakout who was just a specialist <laughs> for the entire the majority of his career, except for that one little stint in New England where you got running back carries from Bill Belichick. But here's the thing that you need to understand about Cordero Patterson. He is a four-time All-Pro because he is unbelievable with the ball in his hands, period. His entire career, he has been that. So the Falcons have now figured out, hmm, maybe we just give this guy the ball in space a few times a game and good things will happen. Shocker, they are. Good things are happening. That first touchdown we saw from him on Sunday was vintage Cordero Patterson making people miss like almost no one in the league can. So as long as he keeps getting these touches, which he is, and I don't even need him to get the snap count that we would like in order to get the touches he's getting, he's going to turn them into fantasy value. He's going to be startable. I agree. I, I just remember a few years ago when uh, you know it, it, he was in Minnesota, and I think it was at the, was it Mike Zimmer. Somebody said, no, I can't, it wasn't. It was North Turner said, uh, "Yeah, we've got a package of plays for Cordero Patterson." We all got excited, and then in week one, he scored on a reverse touchdown. We're like, "It's all happening!" And then <laughs> nothing else happened. But but for whatever reason, uh, Arthur Smith and the Falcons have figured out how to make Cordero Patterson a thing. And uh, like I said, until further notice. Consider him having a spot in your lineup uh, unless you have some better options, which right now you probably don't. Time to take a break. We'll come back and we will look at some of the top performers, including Cordero Patterson, uh, from week four as get you ready for the rest of Monday here on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps. In the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. 
Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. You know, hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Let's take a look at some of our top performers for week four. Tyreek Hill tops the list at 47.6 fantasy points. Just a you know typical Tyreek day. No, no big deal. Uh, Debo Samuel at number two. Cordero Patterson, we mentioned earlier, 34.6 gets him uh, the third spot. DJ Moore is at four. Patrick Mahomes with his five touchdown passes comes in at number five. Sam Darnold, who uh, has five rushing touchdowns, mind blown, is at number six. Terry McLaurin continues to be a beast. He's at number seven. Saquon's back, y'all. He's at number eight with 20. 29.6. Matt Ryan, uh, it wasn't pretty, but he got you 29 points. Jalen Hurts, 20 points no matter what, comes in at 10. Uh, Taylor Heineke is at 11. Daniel Jones, who we'll talk about a little bit later on the show, is at 13. Derrick Henry, uh, we expected more, but 25.7. You're not going to complain about that at 15. Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb, they are back together again. Uh, They were 17 and 18. Maybe they should have put together some last dance memes. Uh, And then Kyler stays hot at 22.62 fantasy points for him. Um, Let's talk about, though, Debo Samuel, who had another big day. And I know we spent a lot of time this offseason trying to, you know, kind of debate between he and Brandon Ayuk. And Ayuk ended up going higher in pretty much every league. But it's been Debo far and away uh, the most productive guy in that 49ers offense. At this point, is he a must start every week? I mean, the only question mark here is the quarterback change. But... I don't think it matters. I just talked about earlier that I'm comfortable starting Trey Lance, and 
half of that is his ability to pass the ball. So I continue to feel fine with Debo. He is a must start. We'll see how it goes with Lance, whether he takes a dip or a step forward even. But he, he he's too productive right now. He's too good with the ball in his hands to be sat. And Brandon Ayuk is showing up more on milk cartons than on football fields. And even George <laughs> Kittle is really not performing like we would like to see. So at this point, Debo is the centerpiece of that offense. He looks incredible. He's a yards machine. Put him in your lineup. I mean, 42 targets. The next closest is Kittle at 29. So there is a pretty significant gap uh, between Debo Samuel and everybody else. And yeah, maybe we maybe we underrated Debo. Maybe we forgot exactly who he is in our excitement over Brandon Ayuk. Uh, but at this point, it's it's hard to deny him. Uh, he's been so good. Again, uh, if you're taking him out, who are your other options that you're putting in there? And chances are, they're not as productive as Debo Samuel right now. So that's a, a thing to consider. Um, so Deontay Johnson ends up in the top 20 again. I, I feel like he's the only Steeler wide receiver that I have any real confidence in starting. But then again, I also look at Ben and the whole thing makes me sad. Um, <laughs> I, how comfortable are we starting Deontay Johnson every single week? And it's not even about Deontay. It's about his quarterback. I mean, that, that's the part that worries me. Do you feel okay with him? I mean, let me put it this way. I watched the entire Steelers game this past week. Big Ben looks atrocious. He might be throwing the ball worse than anyone in the league right now, and I still do not care. I am comfortable starting Deontay Johnson on a weekly <laughs> basis simply because no matter how bad you throw the ball, you put me in at quarterback, if I give 15 targets to Deontay Johnson, he's still going to do something. He is the most targeted <laughs> player in the NFL right now on a per-game basis. In, in PPR, where he's going to get, you know, on 13 targets, even if you only get five catches, which is a horrible catch rate, and you take that for 50 yards, and that's your floor, you still feel pretty good. And that is his floor. So in the games where he gets eight, nine catches, has some decent yards and throws in a touchdown, he's going to be great. The targets are just too great. I'm comfortable starting him until Ben's arm literally falls off his shoulder. Which, which at the rate things are going, could happen. It's close. Um, it's close. You know, I, I, I hear you. And I think if, if I had the choice, and I don't think I have Deontay Johnson in many spots this year, but if I had the choice, I feel like I would have him in my lineup every week and just kind of close my eyes and cross my fingers and hope that everything sort of works out. And you're right. Generally speaking, it has worked out. I, I started this whole thing by saying he is the one Steelers pass catcher I have faith in. Um, it just gives me a queasy feeling every week looking at that and knowing how much his production is dependent upon the right arm of Ben Roethlisberger. And here's the, but here's the thing about it, Matt. If it's not Ben, it gets worse. I mean, like it's, it's amazing true. to think that they're holding on to Ben because the options behind him are that much worse. Uh, it is just a it's just a tenuous situation for you're Deontay not, Johnson. You're not wrong. Uh, I mean, piece of advice for this: if if you are going to put him in your lineup, just don't watch the game. Just don't watch Big Ben throw. Just look at the stat line for Deontay afterwards and feel okay. <laughs> Yeah, that, that probably is the wisest advice there. Uh, last one, Corey Davis, who uh, had a, he got his revenge as the, uh, the Jets beat the Titans. <laughs> By the way, side note, I appreciate that during the week, Corey Davis pretty much just came out and said, yeah, man, it hurts that I'm not in Tennessee. Like, I wanted to be there. It stings. Like, he really was not shying away from the fact that he was out to get the Titans uh, and ended up having a really, really good game. Uh, are we buying this over the long term, or was this just a case of a player who seemed extra motivated? 
Uh, I think it's a little somewhere in between. It's somewhere in between for me. I don't think Davis is a wide receiver one by any means, and I don't even think he's a reliable mm-hmm. wide receiver two. But he's going to have good games now and again, not necessarily just against his former teams. Really, it just depends <laughs> on Zach Wilson putting together a legitimate offensive drive that doesn't result in an interception three plays in, uh, which he managed to do this past week. But <laughs> as long as they can get something going on offense in a given game, which again, is going to be spotty. Corey Davis is going to be involved, and he's going to put up fantasy points. I do think the return of Jameson Crowder means that we don't, we're not going to get the target hog Davis that we kind of thought we might get after that preseason, that insane preseason with Zach Wilson. But I think he'll still be useful. I'd still consider him a strong flex option, if not a plug-and-play wide receiver, too. I think the thing to keep in mind that uh, on Sunday he had four catches for 111 yards. That's great. He hasn't had more than five catches in any game this season, so you really are counting on chunk plays for him to get you those yards, or you know he needs to get in the end zone. So I think I think it is going to be a bit of a roller coaster. Um, I am curious to see you know with Crowder back and and, and how this offense sort of gels. Uh, it was nice, by the way, to see Michael Carter get some work, especially down near the goal line. Uh, that was that was kind of refreshing. But uh, you know we'll keep an eye on Corey Davis. Um, all right, so that was the good. Now over to the bad, which brings us to I'm Salty. We're going to sprinkle it up a little bit here with some folks who let us down this week. Who are you disappointed in this week, Matt? Well, not not many people know how big of a Swifty I am as much as you do, Marcus. We, we've talked about this a couple <laughs> times over the offseason. I, I checked, actually, on uh, Fantasy Pros. I had him ranked as the RB7 entering the year, which was the second highest in the entire industry. And in my defense, he's top five, but yeah. last week was not good. Jamal Williams outcarried him 14 to 8 and outgained him 66 to 16 on the ground. Swift still got a little bit of pass catching work, but that amount of usage for Jamal Williams is a little bit concerning for me. I think we had we were starting to get to a point where we could believe that Swift could join that top tier of PPR running backs. Those guys do not lose carries to Jamal Williams's like this. Even Aaron Jones, when he lost some carries to Jamal Williams, it wasn't like this. So less than nine fantasy points in a game where the Lions were playing catch up and he should have killed it. It it hurt me a little bit. Again, he's still startable. He's still very good. But I think he's a long way from being a super stud. And I am fearful that we're going to get intermittent dud weeks like this from him. And that was something I was hopeful was not going to be the case. So it was a big letdown, both for the week itself and for the potential future. These were the those were the kind of games that I was really worried about DeAndre Swift having. Now I think the trick for him is to minimize the number of games like that that he has. If he can have more games like he did the first couple weeks of the season, fewer like he had on Sunday, uh, then I think you really are onto something. And I think your devotion uh, to DeAndre Swift is uh, is justified. By the way, are you a Taylor Swifty as well, or just a DeAndre Swifty? Uh, I'm early stuff, early Taylor. I was a big fan okay. of. Kind of lost me a little bit when things went more poppy. Got it. All right. That's fair. Uh, I am, I'm a little bit salty with C.D. Lamb. 
Uh, and maybe I shouldn't be salty with him so much as it is just that, look, the Cowboys have so many weapons. And on a day where Dak didn't have to do a ton uh, for the Cowboys to win, maybe this is to be expected. I mean, Dak had fewer than 200 passing yards, uh, threw the ball just 22 times, and, and they spread it around. I mean, Dalton Schultz had another good game. Amari Cooper had some plays. Uh, Cedric Wilson had a couple of catches in this one. So, uh, you know, maybe this was just a situation where it just wasn't Lamb's day. I just, yeah, I really feel like he's a guy that the ceiling is really high in any given week, so it's hard to sit him. Uh, and look, credit the Panthers' defense, too, which has looked very good so far this season, even though they lost. They gave up 36 points. I get it. They gave up 36 points to one of the best offenses in the league. I don't think there's any shame in that. Um, but yeah, I was left I was left wanting more. Uh, I, end up may, I may end up taking an L uh, because of it, because I didn't get much out of C.D. Lamb. But I, I, there's no reason to worry, right? We're not. I, the last two weeks have not been great for C.D. Lamb, but there's no reason to panic at this point, is there? Not, not in the sense that, you know, we're taking him out of our lineups or anything like that. But, you know, we talked about things we learned earlier. One of the things I learned from this week is that this Cowboys offense is not going to be what we thought it was going to be based off the first five weeks of last season when this defense was awful and Dak Prescott was throwing for 500 yards a game. This defense is no longer awful. Trayvon Diggs might be the best player on defense in the league right now. And as a result, they are running the ball. They're doing it well. And Dak is being extremely efficient, throwing touchdowns at a beautifully high rate, but not posting 400-yard games on the regular. And that just means we're not going to get the two top 15 wide receivers out of CD and Cooper that we thought we might be able to get coming into this year. So he's still going to be great. He's still a guy you plug in every single week. But I think we're going to have some intermittent rough games switching off between him and Cooper. Also, the tight ends just out of nowhere super productive, which is not good unless you're Dalton Schultz owner. Yeah, Dalton Schultz is, uh, has stepped up. I know we were kind of debating if it would be Dalton Schultz or Blake Jarwin. And through four weeks, the answer appears to be Dalton Schultz. Also, uh, Trayvon Diggs' kid was the breakout star of Hard Knocks, and I just imagine him going nuts every time he sees his dad uh, get an interception, which has been a lot so far this season. So are you on the TikTok like the kids out there? If you are, and you should be, you should go check out uh, NFL Fantasy. We just launched our TikTok account uh, not all that long ago. So we got plenty of good stuff there uh, that you can check out on a regular basis. You can also, just for my own vanity, you can follow me on the TikTok at Marcus Grant. Um, you know, I, I put a couple things there. Uh, use some shout out to the research team. Shout out to Matt Frederick. Shout out to Matt Okada, who uh, hooked me up with some stats that I turned into TikToks. Uh, it involved me dancing. It's a whole scene. You know, you can come and point and laugh if you want. But just watch them. That's all I'm asking. Uh, so go check it out on the, on the TikTok there. All right. Time for a round of true or false. I've got five different statements here. And Matt and I will decide uh, whether we think these are true or false statements uh, when it comes to fantasy this year. The first one is... We no longer need to fear the Washington football team defense. Last year, we were sort of avoiding them by the middle part of the year because they were just so good. So far this year, they have not. They can get after the quarterback a little bit, although Chase Young still hasn't really gotten on track. But uh, beyond that, nothing about them is formidable. Is it time that, uh, that we, we kind of shed our fear of the WFT? Yeah, I mean, true. Absolutely true. And I, I don't really have an explanation for why, because they still have the stud front seven that they had last year, but they have looked like a shell of their 2020 selves. They just revitalized Matt Ryan and a Falcons team that had been looking like <laughs> Puppet Yoda from episode six, just wasting away. <laughs> they made the whole team look good. 
I'm not necessarily targeting them with streamers or anything like that. You know, I'm not saying they're the Falcons on the defensive side of the ball, but I'm not shying away from them. They're still okay against the run, but I'm starting my running backs against them, and I'm not going to sit decent quarterbacks or receivers just because they're facing the Washington defense. And I think that's, for me, the big part. It's not necessarily that I'm going after them. It's not like, you know, hey, let's pick on the Falcons defense or let's pick on the Texans defense. We haven't reached that yet. But in the past, it was like, ooh, I don't know if I want to start this guy against Washington. Now I'm like, that's Washington. Let's give him a shot. I think it's fine. Um, they've given up the third most points in the NFL so far this year. And, and you're right. They have not looked like the team that we all thought was ready to be a defensive juggernaut in this league for a number of years. Maybe they turn it around, but until they do, uh, I don't think you really need to, to be very scared of them. Um, on the other side of the ball, we talked about Terry McLaurin just continuing to be a beast. I know it's only week four, uh, and there's still a lot of season left to go and, and off season and what have you, but when we get to, say, July or August next year, will we be talking about Terry McLaurin as a first-round wide receiver? Ooh... It will probably depend a little bit on who the quarterback is because we don't necessarily know, but I'm not sure that it should. If you just watch this guy play football, it is not hard to tell. He is one of the best in the game at the wide receiver position. He is dominant in every way, absolutely brilliant wide receiver, and he's been stuck with bad quarterback play and on relatively bad offense now. Will that change? Probably not. And also there's the fact that 12 running backs might get drafted in the first round next year, which makes it tough to call him a first rounder. But he should absolutely be in the conversation up with the best receivers in the league. By next year, I think there's a good chance we are drafting him in the top five of the position. And that might be second round just because of those running backs in the first, but it's going to be close to it. And he's got the talent to be there. Yeah, I'm I'm going to I'm going to say it's false not because of McLaurin but just because as you pointed out uh the way the first round may shake out. We're still going to have a ton of running backs going in that in that first round. I still think we're going to talk about Travis Kelsey probably slotting in there. Uh you know, a Tyreek Hill maybe gets in there somewhere, somebody like that. So, I just think it's a numbers game that pushes McLaurin out. It's not anything about uh his situation, his talent, anything like that. Um, I tweeted a couple weeks ago that he might not truly be quarterback proof, but he's not really far away from that. Uh, when you look at the guys that he's played with and the fact that he has been productive all throughout his career. So uh, I'm going to say he won't be, but like you said, he will be in the conversation. And if, you know, if I'm in a draft and somebody you know, slides him in at 12, um, I'm not going to think it's crazy. <laughs> you know, unless something, unless something catastrophic happens back half of the season, it just, it just feels right. Um, Jonathan Taylor can score touchdowns. It is a thing that can happen. I've seen it with my own eyes. It happened on Sunday. Uh, he finally had a good game that we have been waiting for for nearly a month. So uh, now that it's happened, it's time to sell high on Jonathan Taylor. True or false? Uh, big false. Not necessarily because Jonathan Taylor is going to be everything we thought he was, but this game just returned him to the value at or just below where you drafted him. So I think selling now is, is a net loss. I think he will continue to be better. The Colts offense appears to mildly be figuring itself out to a degree. It looked a little better this past week. Interestingly enough, um, they had injuries on the offensive line that 
maybe helped him. Quentin Nelson was out for the first time in his career, and he's they've been running behind Quentin Nelson at a crazy rate. And don't get me wrong, Quentin Nelson's one of the best guards, one of the best offensive linemen in the league, but they seem to maybe mix it up a little bit more. Maybe that will help them learn that you don't just want to stuff it behind your best guard, try to mix it up a little bit, get in the ball in other ways. And I think he will continue to be a little bit better. Again, it may be a situation where you are selling him at some point, but I don't think it's right now just because the value is not quite there yet. First 100-yard game of the season, uh, 103 on the ground, 20 fantasy points this week for Jonathan Taylor. And you're right, I I, I wouldn't quite make the move for Taylor just yet. Um, but if he has another good game, I don't know, maybe, maybe I think about it. I, I guess I'd have to watch and see exactly how it progresses. I will say, though, that uh, Naheem Hines has been way more of a presence than I anticipated, and I don't anticipate Hines going away at all. Um, you know, I know somewhere Adam Rank is probably smiling because he has been the biggest Naheem Hines stan uh, that you could find. Um we wanted more out of Jonathan Taylor. We did not expect him to be the RB20 after the first four weeks of the season. And I think you're right. If you if you make the move now, you're not going to get the kind of value for him that you hoped. Um, so stay the course. Uh, hopefully this is the start of good things. Uh, and maybe it becomes so good that you just don't want to move Jonathan Taylor. So, you know, that would also be a net positive, I think, for a lot yeah, of folks. That, that that may be the case. If you do if you do feel that you want to, though, mark your calendars for October 17th. That's when they play the Texans. You're going to be able to sell them after that game for higher than you did after this one. Trust me. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, that's where the value goes up uh, after the Houston Texans come on the board. Um, so true or false? The tight end position has actual depth this year. Like we 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 always try to tell ourselves that, and then we get to this point in the season where like we lied. Uh, this year, I felt like it was the opposite. We didn't tell ourselves the story that the, the position is deep, but this year there seem to be more viable players. So so true or false? The tight end position, the tight end position has actual depth in twenty twenty one. I. I want to say true so badly because I, I just want for there to be some tight ends in this league that we can start besides the three we have to draft in the first three rounds. But here's the thing. For every Dalton Schultz that we add, we lose the consistency of George Kittle and Mark Andrews. So, mm -hmm. sure, we've gotten a couple other guys that stepped up, but we don't have the guys who were supposed to have been stepping up, stepping up as of yet, even... Travis Kelsey got a bad game, but I'm not holding that against him at all. He's Travis Kelsey. And Darren Waller, I'm sure, will pop off tonight. Those two might be the only guys that are just game-proof. But no, I'm calling it false. I will believe it when I have 10 guys who can average 13 fantasy points a game at the very least. Then I'll call it deep. Until then, this is still a hot mess of a position, and I don't like it. Uh, yeah, I, I think I, I think I just want it to be. I think I'm just wanting to will this into existence. Um, I mean, I do like the fact that you know Dawson Knox has kind of been a thing the last couple of weeks, but then again, uh, he still hasn't topped 50 receiving yards, right? I mean, the CJ Uzama game was fun, but really, who started CJ Uzama? <laughs> like, no one started that. Nobody took advantage of that game. Um, you know, Moali Cox ended up uh, with a couple of touchdowns on Sunday. So maybe it is. Maybe it is still very hit or miss, and we don't have the consistency. Um, you know, you're right. George Kittle right now is the tight end number 10 so far this season. Mark Andrews is number 9. Um, I mean, look, we got, we got Gronk at number 2, which I don't think anybody saw coming after the first four weeks. <laughs> Uh, so, so maybe you're right. Maybe for the, the, the people we've gained, we've lost something. I don't know. So, um, all right, last one. True or false? 
It is time to avoid the Saints offense, except for Alvin Kamara. He's still at least viable, but but everybody else on this offense, uh, it's just time to to step away from them. I'm going to say true here. As disappointing as Washington has been on defense, the Saints have been on offense, more or less. Again, except for Kamara, and even Kamara had that one absolute dud of a game. The thing is, there's just not enough offensive production to go around even if we knew the right pieces each week. This is no longer the Drew Brees Saints of old. We have finally reached a Sean Payton Saints system that is not just running up and down the field uh, and scoring points like crazy. Uh, But again, like even if they were putting up better numbers overall, we just can't predict. Is it going to be Deontay Harris? Is it going to be Marquez Callaway? Is it going to be Juwan Johnson? I don't know. Someone's probably going to score a touchdown in that group, but I don't know who it is, and the yards are absolutely not there to make whoever else is not scoring viable. So I'm starting Kamara. I'm doing it happily, but that is it. I'm staying away from the rest. I think this is absolutely true. Um, I was, I have been on my own personal Jameis Winston watch because the first three weeks he didn't reach 150 passing yards. He got over that on Sunday. He got 226 passing yards. That was the good ish news uh the bad news is he only had one touchdown and and offensively the saints just really haven't found a way to get it going i thought coming out of the preseason that marquez calloway was going to be a thing um he really hasn't uh deontay harris as you mentioned has kind of popped in Jawan johnson's had a touchdown but it just it has been pretty bad um you know do you think michael thomas helps this you know, win and if he comes back I, and, and that situation has been so cloudy but uh does this get better if michael thomas is in the offense yes actually it probably does and once he's back we can add another guy to this list i'm pretty confident i mean Jameis winston we know is a guy who can produce he can put up numbers so this is weird and odd and i think it might have to do with the fact that he doesn't have a number one that he can feed when michael thomas comes back maybe probably that helps quite a bit. We can put him in our lineups too. I've been holding on to him in uh, one or two leagues, just kind of waiting. Same. Uh, and we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but it, it couldn't come soon enough for uh, the Saints and for, for our fantasy rosters as well. Time for another break. We will check the waiver wire heading into week five when we return on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. 
Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Let's take a look at some of the top Week 5 waiver wire targets at quarterback. Sam Darnold, who we talked about. Trey Lance, who looks like the starter, at least for the moment, in San Francisco. Daniel Jones, who's been playing well. Taylor Heineke uh, has been hot as well. Your running backs, Kenneth Gainwell, and then a trio of Ravens. I don't know what you call it. Is it a, a flock of Ravens? I have no idea. Uh, Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman. No, it is not 2015. I promise uh, it's not. Uh, Damian Williams uh, in the mix, especially if uh, David Montgomery has to miss significant time. Samaje P. Ryan as well. Joe Mixon dealing with an ankle injury. Something to keep an eye on as the week progresses. At wide receiver, A.J. Green. Uh, he's a thing again. Darnell Mooney, uh, who had a big game against the Lions on Sunday. LaVisca Chenault, who played well, especially with DJ Chark, uh, not available for the foreseeable future. Jamison Crowder is back now for the Jetropolitans. And Kadarius Toney, who got some love for the Giants uh, last week. Then a couple of tight ends, Dawson Knox, and Max Williams, yes, the position might not be deep like I want it to be, but uh, these are guys who are getting some work. So uh, a couple of names to talk about, though. Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones, a couple of quarterbacks we have been waiting on for a few years now to break out, and it looks like they're starting to do that this year. Both these guys playing really well for the first month of the season. If you look at it over the rest of the schedule, which one of those two quarterbacks do you want? For me, it's Darnold, and there's a couple reasons. One is just the how the players both look. I think Darnold actually looks legitimately like a franchise quarterback. When I watch him throw, he looks good. When I watch him move, he looks good. When he takes off, for some inexplicable reason, because we never saw it in the early half of his career, to run into the end zone, he looks good. And... Daniel Jones, I think, is putting up numbers. You know, he's he's got a lot of rushing yards, but I don't know if he really looks this good, so it's harder for me to trust. On top of that, Darnold has some of the best weapons in the league. I don't know what to think of the Giants' weapons right now. And the schedule looks very nice for Sam Darnold as well coming up, much better than it does for Daniel Jones. So I'm, t I'm, I'm on board with Sam Darnold. Consider me sold, I guess. Adam Gase, you <laughs> suck. I I I am uh, I am doubling down on that, and not just because I'm an SC homer. I really do think the path is better 
for Sam Darnold. I mean, you talk about that schedule, right? I mean, the, the next few weeks, they've got Philly, they've got Minnesota, they've got the Giants, they've got the Falcons. Um, I mean, none of those are terrifying defenses they get that they get to face. I mean, even the games that at least I thought would be difficult. I mean, we, we talked about Washington. They're coming up in a few weeks. That's not as scary as it once looked. Miami, not as scary as it once looked. So uh, I think there's definitely possibilities for Sam Darnold to, to continue to be productive. On top of it, you mentioned the weapons. I'll also go one further, one step further and tell you that I like Joe Brady as an offensive coordinator better than I like Jason Garrett as an offensive coordinator. So uh, I just think there are a lot more reasons to, for me to kind of latch on to Sam Darnold. And look, Daniel Jones has been good. He's the QB6. Darnold is the QB5. They are right next to each other uh, in the rankings at the moment. But uh, Darnold has played really, really well. And I'm happy to see it. Um, I'm just I'm, he's, he's added to the list of Adam Gay's expats who have found success uh, once they have moved on. So uh, I'm cool with that. Um so now your top waiver wire targets in in week five. If you have the top priority, uh, or if you're going to blow a bunch of fab budget, uh, where are you going with that? Well, I don't know how much of my budget I'm going to blow on this guy because he's not super <laughs> exciting. But I'm targeting Jamison Crowder. Yes, it's not a flashy pick. He's not going to become an RB one like some other guys might be able to do from the waiver wire for you. But when Jamison Crowder is on a football field. He's a startable PPR wide receiver, period, the end. And he came back in his first week back this week, put up seven catches on nine targets for 61 yards and a touchdown. And you will not get that touchdown sometimes, and it'll just be seven catches and 61 yards. But that's still not bad as a PPR flex play. And so, and I think you're going to get it consistently because this is what he's done for his entire career. This this Jets team is always going to be losing. Crowder will be getting those targets as a result. It's going to be the the modus operandi of this team for the entire season. I mean, listen, there's plenty of other options with more upside on this week's waiver wire, so I do not fault anyone for going for them. But and maybe this is even the guy you put second on your list. But he is a plug and play flex starter. Give me some Crowder. I like it because, as you mentioned, the consistency. And you're right. He's not a sexy name, right? People look at Jamison Crowder and it's like, eh. But I think especially if you don't necessarily have the top waiver priority and if, let's say, you are a good team, right? You, you're you 3-1, and one, you're 4-0, and oh, and you know you're not going to necessarily get a lot of these guys. Uh, Crowder, I think, is a nice add because it is that consistency, that guy you can plug into the flex spot uh, and be fairly confident you're going to get a good game from uh, week in and week out. Um. I am leaning toward Kenneth Gainwell myself, uh, and, and we saw this past week that he outshined Miles Sanders, and I think he's starting to close the gap in terms of usage and production on Sanders. Sanders will still be the lead running back. I still think he's going to be the RB1, but I think that gap between he and Gainwell is going to close in part because I think Gainwell's a little bit of a better pass catcher, and that's important in this Philadelphia offense. They want their running backs to catch the football. He has out-targeted Sanders through the first four games of the season. I think that trend is going to continue, and it just seems like they're starting to find more ways to use him and more things to do with him. And So, um, you know, he's not going to be a guy that's going to pop in there as your RB2 and you're going to start him every week and he's going to get you, you know, 18 to 20 points, but I think he can be a nice add, a nice piece that can flex sometimes for you in that you know, when you have guys injured or on by uh, you can plug him in and uh, and he can get you some some nice numbers there so uh, keep an eye out for him I felt like he should have been drafted in a lot of spots but I get it 
But uh, now you have a reason to go out and get Kenneth Gainwell. So uh, you should probably do that. Uh, by the way, if you want more waiver wire picks, and why wouldn't you? Because uh, if you're not adding, then you're really not trying. Uh, go check out Michael F. Florio's waiver wire column. You can find it at NFL.com slash waiver wire each and every week. Uh, and even though he's not here with us on the show, I think we still roped him into writing a waiver wire column. So sorry, you're never fully off during the season. That's just how it works. Sorry about your luck. Time to take a look at the Monday night football contest between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers. In my brain, I still want to say like Oakland Raiders and San Diego Chargers, mm. but you know, whatever. At some point, I'll get over it. It's only been, I don't know how many years now, whatever. Um, two of the top passing offenses in the league uh, with two of the hottest quarterbacks in the league. So uh, between the two of them, who you got tonight, Derek Carr or Justin Herbert? Gimme Herbert, and yes, I know that Derek Carr is posting literally historic pass yard numbers, but hey, I still think the shoe, the other shoe might fall at some point here with Carr in this offense. I'm not saying they're going to be bad, but I don't think they're going to be posting numbers like this the whole year. That might happen this week in LA against the Chargers, who are the number four defense against quarterbacks right now. They've allowed less than 14 points per game to opposing quarterbacks. And Herbert is, is, in my opinion, matchup proof. He's got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. You can't go wrong with that. Uh, give me the, give me Herbert and the Chargers by uh, d- a decent bit. I, when I first put this question down, I, I, I originally went with Derek Carr, and then I reversed myself and I went back to Herbert. In part because I think for the Raiders, if they're going to be successful on Monday night. It's going to be a little bit because they're able to run the football. The the Chargers have struggled so far this season against the run. And for all the, the great things the Raider passing game has done, I do think John Gruden still wants to try and ground and pound a little bit. So I think that might just sort of lessen some of the burden on uh, on Derek Carr. Justin Herbert is just slinging it, man. And I think a part of it is because their lead running back is Austin Eckler, a guy who is still very heavily involved in the passing game too. So that means that you can sort of put the game in Justin Herbert's hands. And I kind of think that's what's going to happen. Um, Speaking of the Raider running game, we're still waiting word on Josh Jacobs. He's expected to be a game-time decision for the Raiders tonight. Last week, we saw Peyton Barber step in and play very, very well. I mentioned the Charger running game, uh, is or running defense, I should say, has been sort of struggling. So if Josh, Josh Jacobs can't go, uh, would you feel comfortable, say, you know, in a season-long lineup or a daily lineup, sliding in Peyton Barber? Yeah, I mean, I think to the the points you just brought up, he has a very good chance at having a good good, good if he's the guy having a good game because he was good last week. He, I think that they're going to be this is going to be a high scoring game where they're playing a lot of not necessarily catch up, but we have to outscore the Chargers, and I think Peyton Barber will get involved in every aspect of the game as a result and be decent, not necessarily RB one, but decent and. If if you're if you waited to start him in a season long league, hopefully you feel good about it because it's gonna happen one way or the other. But I also would feel good about like a, a tonight daily if you put him in. Go yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the worst thing ever is to have a player who's a game time decision on Monday night because that leaves you with pretty much uh. no options. So uh, if you were waiting on Josh Jacobs either because you're starting him or you've got Peyton Barber, uh, Godspeed. <laughs> it is just not a fun place Fingers to crossed. be. It's just not a fun place to be right now. But if Peyton Barber is the guy, uh, I would feel very comfortable having him in a lineup. Um, Last one. 
we know everybody is starting both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I mean, Mike Williams is the wide receiver two right now. Like, wow. Uh, but which one do you think has the bigger night tonight? Is it Keenan or is it the BMW? It's really tough to go against Mike Williams right now, but I'm going to say Keenan Allen here. Part of that is because I just do think that Keenan Allen is going to be, over the course of the whole season, the higher finishing and more reliable fantasy wide receiver of this duo. I still love Mike Williams, believe he can be a wide receiver one, but I will go with Keenan over the course of the season, but also specifically with the Raiders. They've looked a little bit more susceptible to the underneath slot kind of guy this year so far then to the big-bodied downfield threat. We saw that with the Steelers. We saw that with the Dolphins. So it's going to be close. I think both can be great. In fact, I'd probably be happy to start both. No questions asked, but I'll take Keenan by a little bit. Uh, I do agree that I think over the course of the season, Keenan is going to eventually outscore Mike Williams. I am going to lean with with Big Mike tonight. Uh, I just wonder how much attention the Raiders are going to pay to Keenan Allen to try to make sure he's not the guy that beats them. So maybe this means some better things for for Mike Williams. But I, I, I'm with you. I think it's going to be close. I think both guys are going to be productive. Uh, I have been surprised by the target share that Mike Williams has had. I mean, it's about a 25% target share. And I think after... The first two weeks, I actually think he led in targets. He had more than than Allen. Um, you know, these guys are going to get the ball a lot all year long in this offense, and I think they're both going to be uh, pretty excellent tonight. And you're not sitting either one of them for any real reason, unless you have, you know, I don't know. I don't know why you would be sitting either one of them, <laughs> to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, I can't even come up with a with a good excuse for why you would. So uh, I, I think both of them are going to be be good tonight, and I think it's going to be a really really fun game tonight. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I will be trying to get out of work, even though the you know the the Chargers are our next door neighbors uh, at the new <laughs> the new studios. Uh, I will be trying to get out of there to avoid some traffic and get home and watch it on my own couch because that'll be a lot more comfortable. Um, Matt, appreciate you always coming out of the bullpen and uh, bringing heat as you normally do. For folks who want to find you, though, what's the best place to, to catch up with your stuff? Yeah, it's uh, at Matt O'Cott on Twitter. Again, check out Ball Blast Football, uh, the podcast, the website. There's a ton of good content over there. Uh, or you can drive up to the NFL Media building right next to SoFi and wave up at the third story. And I'm sitting next to the window there. So <laughs> there you go. Also, just had to throw this to you, Marcus. Uh, group of ravens. I thought it might be a murder because a crow, the crows right. are a murder when they're in a group. Group of ravens is called an unkindness. As a researcher, oh. I felt I had to find that for you, and I think that's a pretty fair word for the ravens' backfield. So there you go. <laughs> they have they have historically been unkind to opponents, and this year I think they've been unkind to fantasy managers trying to figure out exactly yes, uh, what what's happening. So yeah, appreciate that knowledge uh, on our way out because for us that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill: tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember: if no one buys a ticket to a movie, do they still show it? And how would you know? Be safe. Take care of yourselves. Get vaccinated, and we'll see you on Wednesday. <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. 
So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 